0: Mr Pop I think this podcast has a good shake-up for its lack of diversity
1: This is Rock and Roll Your weekly shot of sport and music With Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine Are you sure you're ready, Mr Mannix? Can you hear me? Yeah, unfortunately Then I'm ready Or fortunately, whichever the case may be Hello, welcome to Rock and Roll uh, the podcast that uh, zeroed in at number 10 on the iTunes chart last week, boys. Zzz, oh, oh, oh. Don't worry about your rock-on-tours and all those ones. We were above them whew, up there at number 10. So very happy with that. So thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, supporting us and uh, and please continue to do so. And tell your friends and and like us and do whatever the other stuff you're supposed to do to make us more impressive. Uh, my name's Kevin Hillier. with me, of course, as always, is Brian Mannix? Hello, Mr. Mannix.
0: Bonjour, everybody, and uh,
1: greetings from the God You're in the toilet, aren't you?
0: No, I was just getting some ice and, oh, and the scotch.
1: Okay. Uh, uh, and Mark Fine. Hello, Mark Fine from Lenny's Fine Foods in North Caulfield.
2: Jay, I, lost, I just lost the mystery sound competition. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs>
0: Uh yes. Well, if we started five minutes earlier, you could have heard another mystery sound. No thanks. And,
1: um, no. Right. no, thanks. Yeah. Okay. No thanks. Uh finally, how's your week been? Yeah, good. Good good week. Good week. New coach? I'm oh, not a new coach. That's uh uh ten years ago, two thousand eleven? Yeah, thereabouts. Yeah, so you've uh, revisited uh, but bought- uh, so, so I saw someone referring to it as dating an old girlfriend or remarrying your first wife. Um, so you've gone down the, the lion trail again uh, and, uh, and you're a happy boy about it.
2: No, oh, I've got no problems with it. I like the way he said he's got unfinished business. So do the 73 other St Kilda coaches <laughs> except for
1: Alan Jones. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe uh, by about round three or four of next year, he jumps to about third on the list of St Kilda coaches of all time. Yeah, correct. He's only done 121. He done, he's done 121. Grant Thomas has done 125 or 6. And who's the one in the Alan Richardson did 123 or something. Yeah, there you go. Um, and I, I was looking up because I was writing a, a, a trivia question from a radio show on the weekend, and the number 44 was a very big number last week because that was the amount of days that um, the British Prime Minister lasted. So I thought, oh, there might be a connection there with St Kilda. And I had a look. Scott Waters and Tim Watson both coached forty-four games. That was it. Their entire tenure what? with the with the organization. Forty-four too
2: many for
1: Scott Waters. <laughs> <What a disaster>. <laughs> <laughs> dear idea, oh we're very critical. And your mob today, Brian, put out the findings of their uh, their internal investi- external investigation.
0: What, what What did they find out? That there's shit out, or yep. what?
1: Yep. Uh, oh. th- they've discovered that their fitness program and training standards are set for a huge overhaul based on, uh, on that. Uh, they, they said things like the club also wants to restore its strong Indigenous ties and will appoint a First Nations board member in a long overdue move as part of the wider board refresh. Um, I'll
0: see what Michael Long's doing.
1: Well, why hasn't he been involved up until now? Or a Gavin Wangadine or someone been on the board there? Players' fitness know. levels were a level of, uh, an area of concern for the club. Uh, they'll be tweaking well, that up.
2: Can I ask You're a question? A, you just did. Yeah, <laughs> that's, like, that's like you've got three wishes. Really?
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> truly? Yeah? Seriously? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> um, well, three questions. You can ask anything. Uh, Matt, wh- why, do, why does Essendon need an Indigenous person on the board? Because Hawthorne got in trouble. God, we're living in nervous times. Yeah.
1: And that's wouldn't exactly what I best, thought. Exactly what I thought. The in. No, people,
2: wouldn't you want the best
0: people on the board?
1: No, not anymore. And that's not, that's not the prerequisite. The prerequisite is you have to have the different boxes all ticked.
0: Well, and- why haven't we got somebody transgender on the board? Well, it's you probably time, will have.
1: I'm oh, sure we will. You probably will have because you, have, mean, to have, say, you have to have
2: have say. I would honestly say for for not diversity but for a broader, a a greater catchment in terms of understanding of football supporters and the club, I think it actually in a 10-person board. How many people on the board?
1: Uh, Somewhere around the seven to ten, yeah.
2: Yeah. I think there should definitely be female representation because not. I don't think it's tokenism, I just think that, 50% Fifty percent of the community and 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 fifty percent of supporters. I mean, AFL is hugely supported by women, and there's now every club has an AFLW team. Yep, I think I think it would be very narrow-minded not to have a female on the board. I think most boards do
1: that. Yeah, they do. most boards have about four or five now. To be honest, I mean, I mean at least
2: you know some representation because of it, looking through those eyes. But I don't know whether you need to go down the racetrack. I think
0: <laughs> I, don't it, mean, I, I, I don't mean I don't mean I wouldn't have I wouldn't have any white men on the board.
1: Oh stop that's, it, Brian. That's the way
0: I feel about it. No, no. It's just too much. We need some transgender people, some indigenous people, maybe a Samoan an immigrant who sort of teaches about what they're into. Um yeah, I think diversity should get to the extreme in um, AFL. I think it would be terrific.
1: Yeah, it is It is getting a bit like that. And that I must admit that's when I read this today, that's the first thing I thought of too was it's a, a, a jump and an, a reaction to um, the Hawthorne situation to, to have and that.
0: How's that padding out? Uh,
1: not real well from all reports. <laughs> so I think that'll be uh, allegedly finished by... Well, before the Brittany Higgins trial, maybe. Uh, it'll be uh, done uh, by December some stage is what they're they're hoping for. Um, but I'm not sure whether that's going to work out. We'll see what happens. Because basically uh, Alistair Clarkson and Chris Fagan want to get back to work. They want to, you know, one start his new job and the other one go back and continue the job he's been doing.
0: Um, yeah, I heard that um- – Fagan still, you know, still telling them what to do, even though he might not be there.
1: I'm but, sure. Um, I heard Todd Viney talking about Alistair Clarkson, the fact that he was keeping him constantly updated on what's going on. I'm sure they're both heavily involved well, uh, externally, but they just they want to actually get in and sit in their office and call people in and talk to
0: them. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that uh, the AFL would want Alistair Clarkson to start work as North Melbourne's been a basket case. So, you know, you'd want them doing well and not being able to have their coach. Is um, probably not a, the idealist recipe for
1: success. No, not at all. Not at all. Mm. It also transpires that uh, apparently Essendon, uh, the president there, said the club wants the coaches, the fitness staff, and the recruiting department to work hand in hand as part of a new era at the club.
0: What have they been doing in the past? <laughs>
1: Bugger to find no, but surely <laughs>
0: <laughs> Actually, nobody's known what the hell they're doing in the past. There's been a distinct lack of governance, a lack of development, a lack of fitness, clearly, and um a lack of desire to win.
1: But hang on a minute. And- you've been spending all the salary cap and you've been spending all the soft salary cap, so people have been in those positions. So what the bloody hell have they been doing?
0: Um FA, I guess
1: the <laughs> FA Cup is coming up. Um, oh. I, I do, I do wonder. I, I mean, I know it's the spin you put on something when you come in, whether you're the new political party, whether you're a new breakfast show, or whether you're the new coach and fitness staff, and all that. You come in and say, Oh, well, you know, we're going to make it better than it was, and all that. You always say that, I get that, but geez, <laughs> it's it's uh galling for supporters and fans from the outside to go, well, hang on a minute. What have you been pissing all this money up against the wall for for the last five years with this other mob then? If now all of a sudden you all realise that they weren't any good.
0: Well, who did the review? Was it somebody outside of the club did the review? Or um, was it just – because they did a review with Rutten and the only people that weren't – No, this is the one – Rutten and, and, the, um, and the CEO.
1: Hang on. Which and is the one – that. They, which is the one that David Noble and Jordan Lewis that's the Hawthorne one isn't it
0: no i would think ah no that was to find the coach i think jo- jordan lewis was involved with that was that
1: the north melbourne one
0: no our coach we had uh, oh yeah the, yeah okay I well i think that's
1: lewis. i think that's i think that they were all involved in this as well so all right
2: move on yeah
1: yeah, yeah i'm with you i'm with all you right. enough enough about Essendon.
2: Let's we're talk about funnier them. We're funnier
1: than football. Yeah, we are. Hey, Brian, <laughs> no, the gigs you did. Dimples. Good God, I didn't know there was a Dimples in Essendon. Um, you did Dimples on Friday night. and You did uh, the Killandga Twin Town, ta- ta- not Twin Town, Twin Towns. Um, yeah. On Saturday, so one was the absolutely 80s show. The other one was your gig. How they go? Yeah,
0: they were good. Um, the new bands. God took. Major steps forward this week. Um, still got room for improvement, but no, I was really happy with that band and um, had a good gig at Dimples on Friday. And today my legs are killing me because uh, too much Billy Idol dancing or something like that. But, Sorry, what's uh, Billy you,
1: Idol dancing?
0: Uh, you kind of you kind of twist your toes and you lift up your heels. He doesn't actually jump, but it, and it really puts the strain on your um, – on your thighs is that like, like elvis
1: is that like elvis you know the way elvis used yeah, to stand, do that. it's it's it's
0: a little bit else and i do a lot of elvis sort of dancing but yeah just you know i don't do that every day so when i do it it's like oh i walked to southport today and i was like oh my god yeah my legs were killing me but anyway that's okay um it went well and so i learned one set for Friday night, different set for Saturday night, and this week I've got to learn a third set. I'm playing with the android, so oh good, <laughs> yeah. So you know, it's keeping me on my toes.
1: Very good, good to hear. And uh, you've got what? What have you got? Uh, fine. Have you got any uh, body problems with uh, your line of work? You know, lifting uh-huh. lifting heavy uh-huh. shit up, arms and all that sort of stuff.
2: No, um, sort of yeah. You do have issues, but the body's adjusted. I'm
1: pretty fit, actually. I was going to say, um, you, you're sitting there and people can't see this, but I can. You've got a black T-shirt on. You're nice and cut and, and uh, slim, trim, looking terrific. Yeah, yeah.
2: You lose weight doing this job and, yeah, I'm on my feet and lifting and carrying. So, yeah, it's worked out well.
0: Yeah, um, yes. now, Is that an, remember, an erect? No, it doesn't matter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> because the chinaman has basically banned me. Oh, no. Oh. I need to get my fun elsewhere. So I did get it this week.
1: Oh, where'd you go? Where did you go?
2: Well, you know, you get a lot of phone calls in a business, those, you know, solar panels and, you know, all those unsolicited calls. Well, this girl rang up and as soon as she asked for a certain name, well, I don't need to tell you what would happen next. So she rang up and she said, now I'm just doing the accent, I'm not being racist. Mm. If anybody thinks I'm being racist, f off, because this is a pretty accurate version of who rang. Yep. Hello, could I please speak to Mr. Hyde? <laughs> well, as so initially as asked for Mr. Hyde, it was on. Right. <laughs> I said, Mr. Hyde speaking, can I help you? Are you the I need to know, are you the proprietor of the business? I said, no, that would be Dr. Jekyll. <laughs> would you like to speak to him? Yes, please.
1: Oh, no, she said yes, please.
2: Yes, this is Dr. Jekyll. Can I help you? (laughs) Yes, Dr. Jekyll. We are offering a free quote for solar panels. Uh, Well, that's interesting because I was just looking at putting solar panels in. I'm extremely interested. (laughs) Uh. So can we organise a free quote? I beg your pardon? A free quote for the solar panels. I don't know what you're talking about. You just said you wanted a free quote. Pardon? <laughs> Look, this is Mr. Hyde. I, I don't recall that question. This <laughs> anyway, went on and on. Oh, you and then,
1: bastard.
2: And then I went like this. speak First of all, she goes, I need to speak to Dr. Shekel. And I said, it's Dr. Jekyll. And I got her to write it down. So oh, she, no. And at one point I went, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Are you all right, sir? Are you all right? <laughs> yes, I'm fine. Doctor, are you okay? No, this is Mr. High. Not- <laughs> 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 anyway, it took about five minutes, but I finally got what I wanted. Which was. Did you know what she said? Am I speaking to Doctor Jackal or Mister Hyde? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Thank you. I've been waiting for that." And hung up.
1: <laughs> oh, beautifully done! Oh, very nice, very nice indeed. Um. <laughs> It's, it, it's nice to get a, a, a prank back on those people that annoyed the bejesus out of you with those phone calls. I know they're just yeah, doing their a job. Bit
2: unfair. She, was, she seemed like a nice
1: girl. Yeah, they're just doing their job. I know that. But by, they must know how annoying they are. They, they must have some idea. Yeah,
2: but at one point, she was very concerned for the health of
1: Dr. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Can you imagine if you, can you imagine if you were in that position and you were doing that job and someone was doing that to you you would you, the the reverse of that would be you going you know what you don't need solar panels you need you need serious work from someone no, piss right off I'm hanging up you, you yeah, would. Do, I've, you, got
2: 000, I've got $1,000 – I've got $1,000 free dollars for you. Just give me your address because you're <laughs> going to come over and yeah. stick a solar panel up your
1: backside. <laughs> yeah. oh, goodness me. Hey, I uh, don't know if you, either of you watched it, but that T20 game last night at the MCG, you probably would have heard it from your place, finey. 90,000 people at the MCG, India and Pakistan. I'm not a massive T20 fan by any stretch of the imagination. I sort of had it on and was watching it a bit uh, and then was absolutely – Mesmerised by it in the end. The
2: finish was great. Oh,
1: it was funny, well, I fell
2: asleep. I fell asleep. I don't know what happened. I do know this. Mm-hmm. I can tell you the ninety thousand didn't walk to the ground. God, <laughs> was, it? <laughs> was it hard to get around? But uh, I, I fell asleep with, with no gone. They were four overs to go. They were on one hundred and six.
1: Oh well, you you saw the most amazing innings from Virat Kohli that you probably will ever see, and some things in it that. For for a cricket lover, they you know, didn't win, did they? Yeah, India? they did. India won. Uh, it's a, oh, I can't believe a fell asleep. They need, How about this? They needed sixteen runs off the last over to win the game. He he he, oh, he hit these true. two. I'm sure I too. He hit these two sixes at one stage after um Hardik. He,
0: he did it. He needed twenty-eight from about eight
1: balls. Yeah, and then he hit these two. One was a one was yeah. basically the funny thing about Virat Kohli that I love and why I while like watching him is he doesn't play trick shots for the most part. He plays what I would call proper cricket shots. He hit this one. Um, uh, they didn't. They
2: didn't. They didn't get on top of Ralph Harris, did they? Because
1: yeah, well, he bowled, he bowled the second last over. And he, I said
2: Ralph Harris, by the way,
1: <laughs> he, or Harris Ralph or whatever his name is. He bowled the second last over. Uh, he hit a six over his head um, that you just thought it was like he had a matchstick in and he just went bang and, it went, and you thought he hasn't quite got that and he more than got it. And the next ball he flicked off his hip that yeah. would just look like you were swatting a fly and it's gone 17 rows deep into the, into the back of the MCG on the widest boundary on the MCG. So 16 to get in the last over. Here's what happens. They, bring the, they bowl the spinner who'd been carted around a little bit before. Now it was. The, yeah. The last over includes um, two wickets, Coley clean bowled by a no ball, oh. which the free hit – sorry – There was, there was one. He hit a no ball for six because it was over waist high. They called it a no ball, so he got a free hit on the next ball. On the next ball, he bowls a wide, so the next ball after that is again a free free hit. hit. It hits the stumps and bowls him. It goes three quarters of the way to the third man boundary, and they run three. Oh boy! So, so everyone's standing, going, "Hang on a minute." Shouldn't that be dead ball? No. No, it's not dead ball. No, it's a live ball because it was a free hit ball, so it's it's live. So, Yeah, it is play on. So then they needed uh, two off two balls. Ashwin comes in because the wicket fell. Ashwin comes in. Um, first ball, uh, he – did he let the first ball go? No, he missed the first, but he, he had a swing yeah. and it missed. Second last ball. He steps inside it. It goes down leg side. He gets an extra ball. They need one off the last ball. He just slots it over the top of the bloke at mid off. Runs off and they they win the game. They scored the sixteen runs. And I missed that in the last over. It was the most um, heart Um, sort of racing over I've seen in cricket for such a long time. And the two overs I've got to be honest with you. With
2: four overs to go, I was watching it. I didn't actually go to sleep. Turned off. No, I got it. I got what I considered a better offer. Now I'm, now, I'm, now
1: I'm questioning it. Uh, well, it, was, oh, it, that, it was stunning. It I, was,
2: I've got a policy. I'll never say
1: no. <laughs> um, I uh, I thought they were gone. I thought four overs to go. They, they are. They've, they're finished. They're not going to get there. Um, and then just just slowly but surely, but then when Hardik went out, I thought, oh, no, they're going to struggle now. Uh, but he was quite amazing. I think he made 80 you make 83 or something in the end? How stupid am I? Yeah, it was good. I could have, I could have, I could have had both. <laughs> Give me five minutes I'll be right with you. Um, I,
2: I, I would have been done with I was probably,
1: <laughs> The game was probably still going. <laughs> I wasn't. Uh, fair enough. Did you watch it, Brian? I
0: turned on pretty much when finally turned off. No, oh, there you go. Think, I, I didn't think it was on free to and I was just flicking the channels and um i came up and they i think they needed 28 off eight so it was about three overs to go and um i thought, oh well, i'll watch this for a bit and it just it's as you say it was one of the most gripping oh. finals of, uh, of the game of finales of the game i've ever seen it was it was terrific i was actually pakistan would win because i thought that um, that might suit australia better
1: but it's really funny. I never thought Pakistan would lose. Even when Kohli was going berserk, I still thought Pakistan would win because I, th- I didn't think there was a way he could pull it off.
0: It just seemed to me that, like everything just started going India's way. And I just thought, nah, Pakistan just can't pull a trick at the moment. And um, about halfway through the over, I thought, nah, they're going to be gone. And when they got the extra, extra balls, I thought, yeah, you're gone. But it was, it was gripping. It was one of the best cricket finishes I've seen in a long, long time.
1: As opposed to, and I didn't see any of the Australian game, but I'm gathering it was pretty bloody ordinary.
0: No,
2: no, I watched that game. i tell you what, you want to watch this Finn Allen.
1: Now, which one's he?
2: The opening batsman. I turned on 2.4 overs when I turned on. New Zealand were none
1: for thirty-seven. Hmm. Wow! <laughs> it's not Conway, it's yeah, is it? Is the other one?
2: Yeah, Finn
1: Allen. Oh, okay. Made I do forty-two
2: I don't... made forty-two off sixteen balls.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> You're one of those blokes. Boom, boom, boom. Mm. Oh, good. Okay. Well, it'll be uh, be interesting. We play. I think Tuesday night is the Australians' next game.
0: Um, I agree. I mean, the rest
1: friends. of the groups, the rest of the groups, pretty rank, isn't it? I think so, yeah. So we should my, get through.
0: My friends that I talk to in various pubs uh, don't believe it. Uh, Australia will make the top four. So there you go. There you go. Yeah, no, nah, they're rubbish. No, nah, they're uh, all right. Well, I hope so.
1: Yeah, I think Steve Smith didn't play, did I he? Think, I think they've got to work out a way to put him in there somehow.
0: Well, he maybe. Does- was he unfit, or they
1: just don't pick him? Well, it just wasn't a spot for him. Who's the who's who's your best Australian T Twenty side? Viney? who in in batting order, who who makes your side? Is in Finch in team,
2: it? No, nah, probably
1: not. he
2: he's been form. going alright late. But probably not. I'd probably have, I'd definitely have Warner. I'd probably open with Warner and Wade,
1: maybe. Yeah, I like Matty Wade. He does well.
2: You know, they leave guys out. I don't know. I mean, Lava Shane's a good hitter of the ball. Yeah, he is. I wouldn't be scared to have him in the team. Um, you definitely have Maxwell in there, obviously. Mitch Marsh you keep. Yep. I, I, I've not seen Tim David do anything.
1: Neither but, have I. Funny you should say but, that.
2: But apparently he has, just when I'm not watching. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's decent guys around. I mean... The worry is that those bowlers, Hazelwood, Cummins, Stark, once you get stuck into one of them, they're all pretty similar. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think you need that. I think they – I don't know whether Kane – did Kane Richardson play? No.
1: Know. No, I don't think so. Zampa – I think it, I think it was um, Hazelwood, Cummins, Stark, Zampa, Stoinis with a – They, they
2: Maybe go- go- open with Stoinis. I don't know. That didn't go for head? No, and there was no route for England. It's been a very sterile competition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Goodness me! Well, we'll watch how that uh, that plays out.
2: Um, the other big—you'd be, you'd be a fan of the of the um, the up-and-coming Zimbabwean player, though, wouldn't you? What pray may his name be? Tony Lingus.
0: Ah, oh, get him in the team. Got a route. You got. Yeah, right Rhino. Uh, I was in there in South
1: Africa you called it the
0: cock or something. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He, he's in.
2: And out. Yeah. All the time. The manics. The the
1: Manics, Eleven. Oh God. Yeah. What, a, oh, what, a, yeah. what a worry that is. Um now the Netball Girls, uh, they've uh, they won the Constellation Cup, which is fantastic. They've lost fifteen million bucks in sponsorship money, but they won the Constellation Cup.
2: Well, yeah, good. Uh, did the government
1: take the money off them? No, Gina Reinhardt did.
0: Why?
1: Well, she pulled the sponsorship because they were
0: uh, – uh, They were being woke.
1: Argy-bargy about wearing the Hancock – what is it, uh, HP? Hancock prospecting? I think it is. He's
0: a miner and we've got to look after the environment. Well, good one, girls, you dickhead.
1: Well, there was also the issue about the Indigenous player and who wasn't even in this series – is in the next series, uh, when they play England, um,
0: uh, and what's the problem with the indigenous player?
1: Well, comments that were made by Lang Hancock, uh, f- about 1984 ish, I think. Um, we'll
0: take it up with Lang, it's got well, you nothing can, to do with you G. can't
1: unless you do what Fine, they did with Finey's mate, the South African cricketer, and dig him up because he's he's long gone, is, is Lang, so you can't be doing that. Um, so yeah. There was there was what an, his issues name was there.
2: Lang Hancock or Hang Longcock? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, if you saw him, I think it's Lang Hancock. Um, yeah. There's plenty of. So awkward.
0: this girl is playing netball. Was she even born in 1983?
1: Oh, no, of course not. She's not forty.
0: Um, so how can she be offended? Well, because, oh, some, because something that a dead guy said in 1983. Because some journal and went and grabbed
1: it and played, has played it back out. I, I was watching the video of it today. But,
0: Gina Reinhalt also sponsors a whole lot of really good things. I think um the Flying Doctor Service being one of them or, or rescue on the beaches and shit. Yep. You know, you can't, you know, sponsorship, it's not a freaking um uh, a buffet where yeah, you can you can help the flying doctor service, but you can't help us because we're a netball team. Kim's great. Without mining, we're we're losing. And, you know, whatever you think. Gene and Ryan Olive, she wants to sponsor the team, and you know money's as good as anybody else's. And you know what are they going to do for money now? That now they'll complain next month that they've got they can't afford to keep going.
1: Yep, the commercial realities of uh, sports sponsorship will come home to roost if if you start. And I don't, I I'm not knowledgeable enough or legally uh, equipped to be able to say whether you know right or wrong or whatever. But at some stage. You know, it will come back to bite these particular sports on the arse because the money just won't be there and people won't be willing to put their money in if they've got to go through this huh. um, trial by athletes so everyone in the 44-man well, squad gets to say, oh, no, actually, you know what? I don't I don't like Pepsi Light. Uh, no, no, Well,
0: you know. hey, I'm a vegan, so I don't want McDonald's sponsoring the AFL.
1: Well, there's
0: – it's, it's offensive to me. You know, how ridiculous. You know, if you're lucky to get the money. Just take it, and you know, don't worry about it. Just you know, let other people decide about. I tell you, you just worry about. You just worry about wing defence.
1: I I'll tell you what. One I told point. You, or, I, yeah, go on. Sorry, funny.
2: I told you the problem about 2023, and you know, owning a deli with all getting all the different customers' dietary requirements, and then you see all the different sexuality out there. I'm just saying, I know I'm old-fashioned, too many choices. I'm telling you, you go to a restaurant with a huge menu, you'll sit there for an hour and a half trying to work out what to eat. (laughs) Too
1: many choices. You go and they've got four main courses. You go, well, I remember having the steak, the fish, the vegan option or the uh, the chicken. There's too many choices. Yep. Yep. One thing, a point that was made, and I don't know who made this, but it was a point that I was reading about, were talking about the manly footballers who, um, I think two Samoan boys, I think they were, who uh, wouldn't wear the pride jumpers and said, look, because of the way we've been brought up, because of our beliefs and all that stuff, we won't, we're won't. we not wearing the pride jumper. We won't play in the pride oh. jumper. And they said, oh, okay, that's going to be a problem. They said, no, it, it's not a problem. We're not going to play. So this round that we're playing where the club wears pride jumpers, we're not wearing them, we're not playing. So they sat it out. I think seven or eight players actually sat out that game and didn't play. And Manly season went down the toilet after that. But the point was they didn't cause a problem for the competition or for the league or for the club, whatever. They just said, this is what I believe. I'm not wearing this. I'm out of here. Well, I'm offended. Well, I'm offended. <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs> the name Manly. <laughs> Why is the Manly team against the Pride? Yeah, exactly. Uh. Yeah.
0: No, the, I, I think I mentioned the show before, but next goal wins about the American Samoan soccer team. And they, the documentary starts off and they lose 31 to nil to Australia. And it's about them. It's a kind of a cool running kind of vibe. Yeah. But... Um, you, you see these guys there, they don't have TV much and they're not, you know, their brain isn't polluted as much as ours is and they're so deeply religious mm. um, that, you know, and I don't agree with their point of view but I do understand that they are deeply religious and God is a really, really big part of their life and it really, really works for them. I recommend the documentary Everybody Next Goal wins on stand.
1: Okay, okay. I'll watch it. Uh, now, any any other points you want to make on that one before we move on to the next? No, no, no points. Because Freo are involved in this because they've got a big a bunch of people who are saying that they should take, I think, Woodside, whatever it is, off their jumper because they don't agree with that. Pat Cummins is having a crack about Alinta Energy being on the uh, Australian cricket shirts uh, because he doesn't agree with what they're doing. So... Um, this is- well, how
0: do, you reckon, how do you reckon the Bombers went when they were in the 80s and they had Don small Goods written on their thigh? <laughs> you know, you had to make you feel terrific, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, I got my small goods down here. 30. Well, I
1: remember, was it the Williamstown Footy Club or one of the teams in the Willie competition, I think, at one stage, um, was sponsored by the local brothel? Well, what's wrong with that? Well, and they're, they're, well, that's clearly what the players thought. I don't know what the best on ground was getting, but anyway. Yeah,
0: you know, if you want to get all morally about it, you know, well, we should just ban all sports advertising. And if you do that, most shows on TV go off because yep. they're the main sponsors. So,
1: well, you know, you this know. coming from a competition, uh, all these competitions are so heavily now uh, sponsored and uh, monetized by bloody gambling companies. Mm. I don't know where the moral high ground is there, but anyway,
0: gamble responsibly.
1: Oh, thanks, <laughs> thanks, Brian. <Brock. laughs> <Yeah>. Medical <laughs> authority is one that smoking's a health hazard. Oh, now they tell. T's and teas apply.
0: (coughs) Oh God!
1: If yeah, all the other disclaimers you have to read these days when you do commercials. Do not drink
2: this. Do not drink this. Drainer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do not operate machinery while uh, you know while under the influence of alcohol or drugs.
2: I knew the I knew the world was when they started putting instructions on shampoo. <laughs> Put a small amount in the palm of your hand and rub it into your hair. Yeah. Really?
1: Yeah. Jeez, imagine that!
2: I have got to take the car. With you, it. you
1: know, or things like the turpentine stuff. Do not drink. Oh, really?
2: A bit late okay. now. Mind I, you, I went, you to,
1: I went to buy turpentine the other day at the supermarket. You know, and I asked six people, and not one of them knew what I was talking about.
0: Yeah, so Turps, mineral you, turpentine. Yeah, yeah. That's no fantastic. The thing about it is, funny. is you kept asking, do you have a cold one? Yeah.
2: <laughs> don't you like the smell of it? I love the smell
1: of it. Oh, very strong. Clears mm. <laughs> your nasal passages. I don't know that much. I just, wanted to, I just wanted to get some stuff to clean some paintbrushes.
2: I like just, all those but- chemical smells. <laughs> My wife hates
1: them. <laughs> uh, now, the chart this week is from the 13th February 1971, the Goset National Top 60. Now, I did edit it down, the version I sent you, boys, to the 40, because if I thought we got to 60, we'd be here for three weeks, and the program already has gone longer than the last uh, British Prime Minister. So with that in mind, number 10 is Mr. America by Russell Morris. Number 9, Fire and Rain by James Taylor. Number 8, Band of Gold by Frida Payne. Number 7, I Hear You Knocking by Dave Edmonds. Number 6, A Song of Joy by Miguel Luiz. Number five, Knock Three Times by Dawn. Number four, Eleanor Rigby by Zoot. Number three, The Pushbike Song by The Mixtures. Number two, I Think I Love You by The Partridge Family. And number one, My Sweet Lord by George Harrison. February 1971. Where were you, Brian? Mm. Where were
0: you, Brian? Um, well, I just was going into grade four. I'd just come back from being going around the world in a ocean liner and done Europe and um, South Africa oh. with and that, and then um I was back in grade four, and I've just picked up the guitar, and I'm allowed to get lessons and on because my fingers have grown big enough. So yeah, great year for me. I loved it. And oh, I had no. Miss Riu as my teacher, and she was great. Miss Rix, Miss Friu. Miss what? Miss Riu. She used to wear miniskirts, when you had to sit on the ground. Did she read a story? You could see up her dress and look at her undies. It was terrific. But she was a lovely, lovely teacher.
1: You were in year F- four, you deviate. Yes. Oh, I,
0: no. was, I was nine. No, I think she put an end to that. Just didn't wear the knickers. Not <laughs> <Stop> wearing undies. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. good God. I don't think my little mind would have been ready for that. Now, where, looked, what, what were you
1: doing, Fanny? Were you burping, it, farting? What were you doing?
2: 71. I do remember 1971, a grand final day, went to the Royal Melbourne show and I remember it was wet and rainy and I remember going back and then going down next to a neighbour's house and listening to that last bit of the game on the radio and being very upset that St Kilda lost. Little did I know. You know, at halftime in that game, or three-quarter time, St Kilda were leading by two and a half goals in a very wet game looking like they were going to win. And at that point, Hawthorne had one premiership. St Kilda had one premiership. looked like St Kilda were going to win their second. Well, now Hawthorne have got, what, 12?
1: How, many, how many St Kilda got now still?
2: I think they took the one off us, didn't
1: they? <laughs> they might have. Uh, the 71 grand final, oh, yes.
2: Okay. Brutal game.
1: Um, I, no, I don't remember the seven, because I, I was in Brisbane then, living in Brisbane. Oh, so famous
2: game. We only got... Kevin Neal knocked... Not- Peter Hudson senseless.
1: Yep.
2: Hudson had a chance to break Pratt's record, but kicked into Barry Lawrence. St. Kilda in the, on, you know, three goals up, a bit up in the last quarter. And then Bob Keddy out of nowhere kicked goals. Gary Collin couldn't, he couldn't look after a chihuahua for Gary Colin. and like Bob Keddy, he was a big man, Bob Keddy. He was a big Anyhow, man. Anyhow, such is life.
1: Huh. Set the pattern for the next 50 years. Thanks. Well, where will we be? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry.
0: <laughs> oh, that was too easy. Yeah.
1: Where will we be in 50 years? That's what they were saying in February 1971.
0: It's yeah. not in this chart, Keith. No. just waiting with bated breath well, for me to write it.
1: You said, uh, you know, this was the best chart ever. Finally, we found the best chart ever. What? What is that based on?
0: I think because I was just learning to play guitar, music became a sort of a big official sort of part of my life.
1: So which uh, of the songs on this chart could you play? Could you play My Sweet Lord? Because that's kind of yep. guitar. Absol-
0: ab- absolutely I could. E minor, A minor. Um, yep, i still play it now. But, be, yeah, look, yeah. a lot of these songs were the songs that I learned to play guitar on.
1: What about, and, uh, well, Pushbike song would have been an easy song to play guitar to, wouldn't it?
0: Oh, uh, you should have seen me singing that at the concerts in Miss Rix's class. Yeah, I'd get up and do that without a guitar, but oh, it was a huge hit. I had to go around the whole school and perform a song for them. It was terrific. Really? Uh, yeah. Did uh, you really? This, yeah, it was, yeah. Miss Ricks, with her uh, of the lovely underwear and the great teacher and great vibe, good art teacher, she used to, you know, if we were good, we'd have a concert every day. So all the kids would get up and sing Snap, Crackle and Pop or whatever popped into their head and that was great fun.
1: Well, the Pushpok song has loomed large on uh, social media for the, the feedback we've got already. Is the wor- one of the worst songs on this chart? Makes the number one worst for uh, for Steve Cameron. Uh, mm-hmm. Who else mentions it? Gets a mention. Oh, David Burt reckons there's only one good song in the whole chart. That's "I'll Be Gone" by Spectrum. Wow. Um, Sam uh, L'Oreal has uh, the Pushpok song at number three in his worst. Uh, and uh, Steve Rapman says that song twenty nine is very twenty twenty two. K sarah 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 the Mary Hopkins version of it, which I, never, mm-hmm. which I never liked. But there's some interesting interesting songs in there. We'll get to them. Yeah, in a tick. Now I just finally, I don't yeah. know. I haven't asked you yet if you've got a a, a fable for us for this week. Have you? Well, you've got a story to tell me about I, last week. I have got a story to tell you about last week. I'm, I'm the, we record this on Monday night, so on Tuesday, I'm at my computer. I've been listening to the uh, the playback. Uh, I've been playing back the the episode and I listened to Finny's story again about Dick Francis. So I got on the uh, computer and looked at the race. Bloody hell, that is it's really amazing, that, wasn't it? that's a it's quite a it's a quite scary um, as well as anything. Uh, in case you've forgotten, last week talked about uh, the horse in the Grand National. It was owned by the Queen Mother. She had two horses in it. It's it's leading by about four or five lengths. It's going to win this race. It's 40 metres from the finish line, and it does this unbelievable belly flop. Yep. Jumps an imaginary hurdle, and belly flops all four down, uh, and Dick Francis, the jockey, comes off, and... Uh, and all the other horses go past it. And then at the end, they walk the horse off the course and Dick Francis walks off and he's bawling his eyes out because he's, he's Grand National, his big uh, dream as a jockey. Yep. Gone. Gone. Un, uh, unbelievable. And the, and the jockey of the other horse spends his entire time in, in, the, uh, in the press conference afterwards and talking about it, saying how stiff Dick Francis was and how, what a horrible thing happened and uh, one of those fr- – stiff Dick was. Yeah, exactly. So I've, I've, I've reliving that and listening back to finally talk about it on the show and watching the video, and then I look at my email, email from one of the book companies, and I didn't think anything of it. So, I'm, so just, while I'm listening to this and that, I've just clicked up and looked. Felix Francis, interview opportunity. Got it. Bloody hell's Felix Francis. I click it on. I thought he was a cat. <laughs> Son of Dick is in Australia now, arrives uh, arrived hey. this week. Aren't we all son of Dick? Sort of. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, arrives in Australia uh, this week. I'm talking to him on Thursday morning. Uh, he's he's written about. We're
0: talking to him about Dick. Are dick. You, We're going it,
1: to. It'll be Dick talk. Uh, uh, oh, horse talk. Great. Dick horse talk. Horse Dick talk. We'll do it all. Um, dick like a horse talk. Exactly. Hung like a Dick. Dick. Um, all <laughs> all that. Um, so yeah, so he bobs up on uh, th- that morning while I'm listening to all this stuff. Uh, the book company offers me the well, it was it's a face to face, but I'm it, not doing it, it that way. But
0: it, you should. Um, it's a pity that Lucille Ball's not available for the same show, <laughs> and he'd have Dick and Balls for the same
1: show. <laughs> Maybe her daughter or her. No, they're long gone, aren't they? Uh, yeah. So that I just thought was one of those freaky um, things right. that happened, and I, I now I've got a great little opening story to talk to Felix Francis about his dad, Dick.
0: Well, listeners, make sure you make sure you listen to Kevin and Felix talking about Dick.
1: It'll be on my authorised podcast when uh, when I when we get that one organised for uh, for Felix. But yeah, interesting. And he's been he's writing uh, he's writing novels in exactly the same. Genre as his daddy he apparently literally took over the family business and continues to write horse-based um, mystery and crime novels. So there you go. Funny yeah, how I'm... funny how these things work. You well, have I... any? Do you have any dick coincidences happen to you during the week, Brian?
0: No, uh, Kev. Um, I stayed well clear of all dick, and um, you know because first. Ho- horse racing is not <laughs> my <joke>. um, go. <laughs> But, um, you oh. know, I did wear my pride jumper. So there you go.
1: Beautiful. Now, I was just trying to find where I wrote it down last week the tips that you gave us for the Cox plate. Oh, no good. No good? I can't remember where I wrote them.
0: I, I don't know. Um, I can't remember what I gave you. Alligator blog.
1: Yes, it oh, was yeah. too. Yes, it was. But Animo yeah, got did. up and went. Yeah, it did nothing. You haven't got, uh, yeah. no, you're going to have a cup tip for us before the cup? Oh, of course I will. Your when mates? is the cup?
0: When is the Cup?
1: First Tuesday in November every year.
0: What I'm going to do, well, what I'm going to do is I'll I'll give you my tips rather than get the experts. Oh, they, right. Bloody, they're bloody useless. Like yesterday, I'm sitting here with my mate Ali and he's, we've got to watch, God, I don't know, some race. And it's like, oh. this is the big tip. This is the big tip. And I just look at the things like oh, yeah, I like matcha latte or whatever it was. You know, could it sound like Machete? Well, that came third, and you know, the big hot tip did nothing. You know, you just make up anything. Remember when I was doing <laughs> the South African races, I picked six winners one night. it's like I didn't have a clue.
1: <laughs> he was picking names out of his clacker. And I reckon you got I reckon you got four in a row at one stage. Yeah, and- I was on fire. And yeah, but the problem was I think I think you were there for about five five or six races in the end. But you got four in a row, and you got so excited about having four in a row, you started to get oh oh, hang on, I've got four now. I know what I'm, now I know what I'm talking about. So you started to get technical about them, and you looked at odds. And I think the thing you've picked for the fifth race finished Stony Motherless, and then you went back to going oh, a uh, Brill Cream Kid. Yeah, I like that because I used to wear Brill Cream, and it it won or whatever it was. So.
0: Yeah, but oh yeah, I was getting this, and like now nah, I've been following this horse, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's had good form, and uh, I really think you know it's one to watch out for. You know, just shit. You know, I didn't, I'd never seen it before, but anyway, yeah, that was funny.
1: It was a bit of fun. Bit of fun. Well, yeah, you know, your, your pedigree as a, as a Hong Kong jockey, your neighbours, uh, held you in good stead in the credibility. Wow. You know,
0: I have experience in the field. I certainly <laughs> do. Yeah. Woo-hoo.
1: Are you um you into the, into the cup carnival, Finey? No, I've given up, Fanny. Waste of time. Have you?
2: And money. You're <laughs> too busy in the shop.
1: Yep. Okay. All work and no play makes Finey a dull boy, you know. Yeah, I found
2: out there's a... Better way to make money than the
1: punt. You oh, <laughs> there's a lot of better ways to make money than the punt. All right, so, let's get to the chart, boys. The Go Set National Top 60 well, from. Uh, not, yeah, my
2: well, sporting story.
1: Oh, you have, you have got one.
2: Well, interestingly, I don't. Oh, I have combined it with my music analysis of the this chart. Oh, I okay. Just wait for it. Right, eh? That's the new way. It's a combination.
1: Right, oh. Do you want to? Do you want to? you going to lead us off?
2: No, I can tell you. I thought this was a great class. so I have no bad songs. I've only got six good ones.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm I'm like that too.
1: Oh, I got some bad ones. Oh, I've got I've got get- I've got a shitload of good ones, and I can't decide between. Um, uh, I'm I'm happy to go six good ones and and mention a couple of bad ones because I've All got right, seven, so go four, six five, good six, ones. seven, eight, nine, ten. I've got twelve really good ones. I mean, right. real, I mean yeah. really good ones. good ones. ones. I'll yeah. start right. number six. Okay, number six. I like this. Russell Morris, uh-huh. Mr. America. <laughs>
2: Russell Morris played for St. Kilda and Rawdon.
1: The butterfly, oh, the social butterfly.
2: On we go. The other two are number six.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, you want to go, Brian, or do you want me to? Um, no, you can go, Kit. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I've got 11 here, so I've got to get rid of five. Okay, you can go. I won't put you in. Uh, okay, my number six, I'll uh, just lay up firstly with uh, We've Only Just Begun by the Carpenters. Mm, you cool. um, you got me to go back and listen to Carpenters songs when you mentioned Superstar the other day, finding he yep. your number one. I, thought, yep. I, I I was kicking myself because so I thought that should have been in my top three. So I went back and I listened to some Carpenters, not because of this song, um, but yep. it, this was one of the songs I listened to. And I just, again, for the 150 millionth time in my life, fell in love with Karen Carpenter's voice again. And as not it? As soon as I saw We've Only Just Begun, I thought, I, I don't even need to listen to it. It's got to be in my top run. So now that we've gone to six, it makes my number six because I just think she's got the best voice ever. Yeah, it's good to Number six for you, Mr. Uh Mannix.
0: It's rocks in it, the number four spot. It's the Zoot's version of Eleanor Rigby. I think it's great. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. Yeah. So well done, Rick Springfield and the boys.
1: Coming soon to da- life. Of, coming soon to the Life of Brian podcast. My chat with B Bertles, who talks about that song because he was in Zoot when they did that. He role. was indeed. Darryl. Yes. Very, very good. Very. That's one of the – not often you can take a Beatles song and actually make you forget the Beatles version of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's very rare. Oh. And, it, and the song really rocks. Oh. I, should play, I should play that in my new band. That's cool.
1: You should. A brilliant song. Brilliant. Absolutely yeah, brilliant. I've got it higher than six. Yeah. Much higher. I knew
2: you'd put it in, so I left it out. Yeah, brilliant. No, Just I've got it in. Uh, number five, Fanny. I have a James Taylor fan, big James Taylor fan. Yo, and Fire and Rain is a great song. And James Taylor also played 153 games with the Swans, South Melbourne, <laughs> and won two Best in fairest in 1957, 1959. Very good play, James Taylor, Jim Taylor. Very good.
1: Yeah, well, you're you're in trouble when we get further into the uh, chart and the top ones when you run out of blokes who played football and sing at the same time.
2: And I think Jim Taylor also represented Australia
1: at the Olympic Games in boxing. Oh, really? Yep. There
0: you go. I can't wait, I can't wait to see who Elvis played for.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Glenn, Glenn Campbell, I reckon, was a halfback flanker for Hawthorne. Um, I'm going number five, Fire and Rain, as well. I love that. I love James Taylor. I think he's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I could listen to him all day, every day.
0: Well, he can't be that smart because he was just playing for Joe Biden. <laughs> so there you Did go. It? Oh yeah, they got Joe Biden had some bullshit announcement or something that he got wrong and Joe how played fire and rain.
1: Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's the funny thing about Americans are far more um, into that, aren't they? In terms of uh, you're a Democrat or you're a Republican, and you'll you know whether it's I've been watching. Blokes like Richard Marks and Mellon Camp and uh, David Crosby and all those blokes on social media—they're so politically motivated and politically minded, much more than any of our entertainment industry is.
0: Hello, Midnight Oil.
1: Well, uh, yeah, but even them you don't see on social media. The the social media, ah, um, oh, right, backing yeah. by by actors. And uh, musos and uh, you know TV celebrities of uh, of one particular like you watch that Stephen Colbert of a nighttime, and um, yeah. he's he's so anti Trump and so pro Biden that it's you kind of yeah. sit there going, is this actually a commercial but television it, channel or a political if watch,
0: channel? If you watch Gutfeld, um, he's so anti Biden and pro Republican. Who's yeah, that? It's at it, uh, Gutfeld. He's on Fox. And if you watch Fox News or Newsmax TV, they're pro-Trump. But if you watch MSNBC and CNN, CNN are trying to reposition themselves a bit more to the centre because they realise that Joe Biden's a dickhead. So, yeah. Anyway.
1: Okay.
0: Enough about that. You're number
1: five, Brian. Oh. Yes,
0: Brian. Well, Well, speaking of Elvis Presley, you don't have to say you love me. Just because you're near, oh, yeah, it gets my little heart beating a little bit, that one. It makes me ooh, think, oh, here's a chance. Yeah. Okay. Get a bit frisky just thinking about it now. Uh, not, not even listening to it.
1: Patch it up. Is that the, is that, that rocky little kind of you? Know, patch it up, oh, Is that the other one that was on the B side?
0: Oh, no, that's terrible. That's, oh, okay. Tr- that's dreadful i oh, patch it up. Yeah, Scotty played that to me on down. I said, This is the worst Elvis song I've ever heard.
1: All right. Okay. But Let's see. You don't have to say you love me.
0: Just because you knew. Oh, yeah, it's great.
1: Yep. Love okay. it. Uh, number four, Mark Fine. Number four,
2: I've gone for Spectrum. I'll be gone. Great song.
1: I yep. Agree. A fan. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, big and fan.
2: And apparently
1: they had a band member, Mark Kennedy. Yeah, the drummer was Mark Kennedy. Yeah, correct. Drummer? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. How many games did he play? Eight games to St Kilda
2: 1995. <laughs> Crew cut, Mark Kennedy. There, you, there
1: go. you go. Couldn't find a Billy Putt in uh, in any of the things? or a... No, no, no
2: Billy
1: Putts. So. No? Okay. Yep. Mm. Uh, no, very, very good song, I'll Be Gone by Spectrum. Exceptionally good song. Yep. Uh, my number four, I'm going to whack in, oh, God, I love this song, Black Knight. Uh, by yeah, Deep it's Purple. good. Got one of the best intro drum intros ever. <clears throat> oh, just, yeah. They, they had a Deep Purple had this thing where they obviously, someone had said to them, you know, when you when you do your songs, make sure the intros are memorable so as that no one will ever be in any doubt what the song is or who the band is as soon as they hear the opening. Five seconds. Because every song they did – had an opening that you just went, well, here we go. Hello. Yeah. Whether and they're the water or whatever.
0: They wrote great riffs. Oh, um yeah. their riffs are great, you know, from space truck and to, you know, highway start or whatever. But one of the you speak of their intros, have a listen to track one on Machine Head. I think it's lazy. And Fed Income the band starts recording, This singer must be just parking the car. I was going to go to about four and a half minutes before he bothers oh, to greet right. us with some vocals. But it's cool as it's great.
1: Okay. Uh, your number four, Brian.
0: Um, yes, okay. This probably surprised a few people, but I think it's a really well-crafted pop song. It's kind of a bit dense. I don't know if this girl's version is the – Comultum, comultum, put the best version of it.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, good on you. Number, number eight, Band
0: of Gold.
1: Oh, um, Free to Pain.
0: Well, I've had some newer film, but it hasn't freed to pain yet.
1: Yes. No, that's a, that's a terrific song, that.
0: Yeah, I think it's a great song. No, um, she's,
1: she was the hit version. She was the version of it.
0: Well, she's, she's all right by me, then. Yeah.
1: yeah, no, she's a good singer, really good singer.
0: Yeah, it's a really it's a really
1: great pop song. Yeah, it is a good song. Really good song. Mm, I agree. Okay. I agree. Mind you, there are a lot of really, really good songs on this. Yep. Really, too many. really good songs. Yeah, probably. Number three, Mr. Fine, we get to the podium now. Now Ben Gazumped mm-hmm.
2: Black Knight. Yep. Yeah, not only did it win a Melbourne Cup. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it did too. But of course, Deep Purple I've had a few different versions of Deep Purple, including one where the lead singer was Rod Evans.
1: Ah, Did they have – yeah, they probably did.
2: Yeah, they did. And he played 11 games for Richmond in 63
1: and 64. Ah, Very good. So you'll probably be able to fit Elvis Presley in because Elvis Presley had that many backing musicians. There's probably one named Warwick Capper um, in there somewhere. No, Good number three. My number three, so I'm down to the top three now, so I've got to fit in. Let me have a look here. I've got to fit, I want to fit that one in. I've got to fit that one in. I've got one there. What am I missing here? Ooh, dear oh dear. Yeah, I've been gazumped because so I think I'm gonna put in spectrums. I'll be gone at number three. Geez, I'm leaving some good stuff out here. Oh, no, no. Geez, I'm leaving some good stuff out here. Oh, it hurts. Oh, God, I'm leaving some good stuff out here. But that's my number three. Brian?
0: Um, yeah, I'm going to go for uh, The Carpenters, number 16. We've only just begun as well. Yep. It's great. She's just wonderful. And, the, and he's a great producer. The, the arrangements, there's space for every instrument and some big production, but it just sounds effortless. So well done, The Carpenters.
1: Dick. They nailed it. Dick, Dick produced all that. Who? Richard Carpenter, her brother. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was good. He was all right. I just can't believe for once there was actually a dick joke Then you didn't even do it.
0: Oh look! I think you, you, you know, you've we've already spoken about dick enough tonight, okay. and you know, and you know, I know you've got a big oh. hour, of, you've got a big hour of dick coming up later in the week, <laughs> as you told us, and um, that's Felix. you know, ha- how much dick do we need? Um, you know, I perhaps you know just, somebody could put on our Facebook page and tell us how much dick they need.
1: Just when I thought you weren't gonna go there, you did. Uh, all right, number two, Finey
0: been then again, you
2: know, this football analogies and, and, and you know, coincidences, mm-hmm. I have not let this govern my selection of songs. The but, songs come first. Yep. And a band of gold is such a good song. There you I go. had to put it in. Number two, wow. And unfortunately... Sung by Fred Payne, I come a cropper. Or do I? Because Fred Payne <laughs> played forty-three games for Essendon in the late forties and fifties, including being a member of the fifty-one grand final team that lost
1: to Colling. Uh, and Fred obviously uh, went on and uh, and uh, gender reassignment and became Fred Payne and had a big hit in the nineteen seventies.
0: <laughs> correct. Well, correct. You, I tell you what, you would the first Essendon player to have done that every week. There you go. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> my number 2 is uh again another song that I just reckon had a great start and I, and it was such a pity that the lead singer of this band did himself in in the end because um oh, I reckon they could have been they could have been one of the great bands of their time but bad fingers no matter what is my number mm-hmm. 2 and that's Get- and that- it's beaten a lot of really good songs out, I'm telling you. But that's a great song. He sings at Peter Ham so well and it does such an unfortunate end to that band when he um he suicided. it was a real bloody pity because they were they were something else. They were a really good band. So that's my number two. Your number two, Brian?
0: Totally gazumped. Um I have the same song no matter what. Oh okay. um, um, I don't I think it was produced by Paul McCartney and I think maybe written by Paul McCartney because it just sounds like a Beatles song.
1: I think it's. Um, I think Pete Ham and the other bloke from the from Bad Company wrote it.
0: Or did Paul write um, "Knock Down the Old Grey Wall"? What's that one?
1: Yeah, i of it. Oh, maybe that's this. That might be this. Yeah, that's no matter what. Yeah,
0: I think McCartney wrote one of their songs. Yeah, he anyway, did.
1: So I think you're right. He yeah. did. It might have been this. They, baby Blue was a big hit for him. They had a couple of others as well. No good, band. Oh, baby.
0: Baby Blues, the way they finished Breaking Bad. Last song in Breaking Bad.
1: Is that right? That's right. I never watched it, so I didn't know. Oh no, it's good oh. choice. Yeah, good choice. Obviously. All right. Let's get to yeah. the top. Let's get to the gold medal performance here. All right. I think everyone you already know what mine is, but uh, Finny, what have we got at the very, very top? Someone did point out uh, on social media after you do this that you have spoken about one of these songs before in a previous podcast. But what do you got at number one?
2: Well, master's and appre- masters and Apprentice.
1: Because I Love You. Yep. There you go.
2: So, so
1: I, think, I, I think it's a great song. Oh, so do I. So make now, it there's so. some research. mm mm-hmm.
2: Band member Peter Tilbrook does have a brother called John, and they are from Adelaide. Ah. And the ages are right, but I couldn't work out whether it was the famous Diamond or John Tilbrook, that came to Melbourne with highest-paid <laughs> <the famous laughs> oh, player of but I think, of how many Tilbrooks would there be in Adelaide? So I'm going that Peter Tilbrook is either related to or the brother of Diamond Jim or John Tilp But I actually really like the song. So
1: It's a good song. Go. It's an excellent it. song. Jim, Jim P yep. sings it brilliantly. Wheatley was yep. in that band, of course. Um, they are a very good band, the Masters. Yep. Very good band. Yeah. Uh, good choice. Minor one we mentioned already, uh, it's Eleanor Rigby by Zoot. I just thought... And I wasn't, you know, I didn't mind Zoot. I thought their pop songs were, uh, were pretty good, one times, two times, three times, four. and Yeah. Um, a couple of little pop songs that they had, Monty and Me, I think there was a hit for them. They had a thing called Sailing. Um, and then this came out and you went, where did that Hello. come from? <laughs> it was, was such a shock to the system um, in terms of, you know, the, the whole pink thing. Um, and then next minute they're playing this, Demonic devils music stuff with guitars and uh, you know Daryl singing with all this echo and all these other things going on it and you just went gee whiz and then they did the freak after that which was another really good song uh, which Rick wrote but um, yeah I just I thought it was um, it blew my mind the first time I heard their version of Eleanor Rigby it literally blew my head off I just thought my God um, so yeah that deservedly gets uh, my number one what about you Brian what do you got at number one.
0: Uh, my number one is number 33. Oh. It's a double A side, and it's uh, Creedence Clearwater oh, Revival, okay. Looking Out My Back Door, which is a great song, but the reason it's my number one is because Long As I Can See The Light. I think that's just one of my favourite songs. I love it.
1: Well, that's what, um, uh, and I can't remember the name now, um, brought up on uh, on social media to me. actually sent me a message on social media saying, haven't you done this chart before? Because I remember finally going and talking at length about as uh, long as I can see the light. And I said no. no. it was
2: about Fortunate
1: Sun. Yeah, we yeah, Fortunate Sun, I know it was one you've talked yeah. about, but we did oh, as
2: long as I can see the light's magnificent.
1: Yeah, we did do the November nineteen seventy chart, mm-hmm. which is about sixteen weeks previous to this one. If you have a look, uh Credence has been there. well Cre- Creedence has been in the in the chart for twenty weeks, so it must have debuted about September of nineteen seventy and was still in the chart in February and, of the next year. And
0: and I think it's yeah, probably it. Yeah. Early on, Kev, when we used to go, okay, the best and worst of Creedence Clearwater. Yeah, it or, could have been. Yeah, you know, I think I'm sure it would have come up in if, that. If term. you
1: haven't watched the um, the special that's around at the moment on uh, on one of the streams, I can't remember whether it's Netflix or Stan, but it's uh, Creedence live at the Royal Albert Hall in London. It's a, a documentary that leads up to their performance there. Jesus, he can sing. He yeah, is he's great. such a good singer live. They don't, they don't talk between songs. They don't say hardly a word to each other or to the audience, um, and, they, and they don't need to because every song is a bloody killer. Um, yeah. Just brilliant, absolutely brilliant.
0: Uh, well done, John Fogarty.
1: Yeah, and, and, and the bad ones that were in that chart, there weren't that many, but, I mean, uh, I did mention in social media that Song of Joy by Miguel Rios was pretty bloody ordinary.
0: Comic Conversation by Johnny Farnham was going to – being my three worst, and
1: the one that is, I reckon, clearly the worst song on that chart by Mile is Goodbye Sam, Hello Samantha by Cliff Richard. What an absolute piece of dross that is! Um, yeah, absolute. Come piece
2: on, of dross. Transgender. Well, <laughs>
0: get on the Essendon board.
1: <laughs> it was there was a cover version which I never knew until I looked at that chart by Gil Roberts, who was. To the best of my knowledge, Gil was the record rep in Brisbane for Festival Records or for Sony or for one of them. It, uh, in, when I was in radio in Brisbane, I didn't know he was a pop star and did a version of that. But of all the songs in the world to do, Goodbye, Sam, Hello, Samantha, you could could actually use it as kind of
0: yeah. you
1: know, a theme
0: uh, song the, It could be a theme song for Caitlin Jennings' mm-hmm. reality TV show.
1: It could possibly be. Could possibly mm. be. Fourteen Aussies in that chart. Um, it's on social media if you want to have a look at it, but there's so many good songs that we didn't mention that we didn't get into this list, you know. Oh. I'll be there by the Jackson Five. That's a beautiful song.
0: Lady oh, yeah. great song, I'll be there. Lady Dub, by Cat's oh, Lady Dub Shabby.
1: Man. Yeah, not too not too well, bad.
0: Lola by the Kinks, you know, it's not my favourite, but I'm sure a lot of people
1: love it. Even, even not- Dave Edmonds, I hear you knocking's a good little rock and roll song.
0: I love it. And, look, I I think I love you by the park.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I don't hate that, I must admit. Um, And knock three times on the ceiling if you want me. Tears of a Clown by Smokey Robinson and the Miracles is a great song. Yeah. Really good song.
0: Really hard to find a bad one.
1: Yeah, there wasn't that many in there. Oh, they were uh, not, not common. Uh, so that's a good one. I don't know what we're – I haven't picked out a chart for next week. But we'll find one for next week. But, uh, no, we hadn't done 70 – we've done 71 a couple of times before, but not the early part of 71. But we'll find another year yeah. for next week. Uh, that's it, boys. We're, uh, we're done and dusted. Oh, well, it's been fun. It's been glorious. It's been. We'll do an internal. We'll do an internal review, uh, and we'll uh, we'll decide that we need to work hand in hand next week, and uh, that we all need to be on the same page at the same time, and that uh, you know, whilst we don't, uh, you know, have a crack at the people who've gone before us, um, they're to blame for everything that happened in this podcast.
0: I think this podcast needs a good shake up for its lack of diversity. I'm worried about internal reviews.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm never letting either of you two ever do an internal review on me. I can tell you that right now.
2: No one's up. I an internal review on someone I found my wedding.
1: <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, 1971. You weren't in the back seat of the uh, the school bus at that stage, were you, Finey? No, I was only
0: six. Yeah. That's where he, that's where he lost his phantom ring. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and on that uh, cheery note, let's say goodnight uh, to one and all. Thank you, boys. Have a good week, and we'll talk next week. Bye.
0: Good night.
2: You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.